0: Hi, this is Patty Scalzo, and I welcome you to this broadcast of Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Today, we will be listening to the conclusion of a sermon in the Heavenly Authority series taught by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo. Pastor has been discussing respect for authority and the limits of that respect, and in this section. He has examined the Lord's interaction with the Pharisees and then with the high priests. When we left off, Pastor Greg had just read the account in John where Jesus is brought before Annas. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg.
1: If you look at Jesus' response, he's truthful, he's logical, He's respectful. There's no disrespect in his words, and yet they take and they strike him because you're supposed to stand in awe of the high priest. Jesus is not in awe of the high priest. He understands where these men are coming from, yet he doesn't disrespect him. And that's one of the points we want to see. If you go in Matthew chapter 26, and he doesn't disrespect them because of the office. There's an important point to that for us today. In Matthew 26, Verse 57, And those who had laid hold of Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. They're all coming together. Pharisees, Sadducees, all those that hate him. But Peter followed him at a distance. And then you go down to verse 59, Now the chief priests, the elders, and all the council sought false testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Even though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. But at last, two false witnesses came forward and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. That's a twist on what Jesus said. And the high priest arose and said to him, Do you answer nothing? What is it these men testify against you? But Jesus kept silent. He doesn't say anything. There's a lot of reasons why Jesus stood silent. One of the reasons I just said, he has been speaking clearly for three years, and no words are going to change what they want to do. If I've said something evil, tell me. They can't say what's evil, right? So they hit him, and they charge him, and they get false witnesses against him. They twist everything, right? So what are words going to do at this point? Their minds are settled. He has spoken to them. He stands silent. Moreover, as we said before, when John puts him in the water, he's innocent. But what is he doing here? He's taking our sins, right? This will pay for our eternal salvation. These are descendants of Aaron, the high priests, his father-in-law. They are descendants of Aaron. They're in a position, though they're phonies and they're uh, it's a dubious position they're in, they are the leaders of Israel. They are the high priests of Israel. And what time of year is this? Passover, right? And here, unknowing to them, as they take him who is innocent, and they know he's innocent, they can't come up with a true charge against him. As they take one whom they know is innocent, and they hand him over to be killed on the Passover, they too, as the representatives of Israel, are laying hands upon him as the Passover lamb. And God is working his work through them. And Jesus, by standing silent, He's not guilty, but we are. So he takes our sins upon himself and he lets them proclaim him guilty when he's not. The substitution, the atonement, the replacing sacrifice, the Lamb of God. Isaiah chapter 53 tells us in verse 7, he was oppressed and he was afflicted Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He is the Passover lamb. And in their sin, unknowingly, they anoint him as such. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgressions of my people he was stricken, and they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth." All that is part of the reason why Jesus stood silent. He was taking our place. But also, he's not there to lead a rebellion against them. If you look back in Matthew 26, Verse 51, And suddenly one of those who were with Jesus struck out his hand, we know it's Peter, and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. But Jesus said to him, Put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he will provide me with more than twelve legions of angels? How then could the Scriptures be fulfilled? that it must happen thus. Jesus, as Son of God, could have just spoken a word against the high priest, against the Sanhedrin, and they would have been gone. He has all authority. He has legions of angels. But as Son of Man, he's submissive to them. He submits himself to their authority. If you think back to our study of David and Saul, how demon-possessed Saul was. And yet David never leads an uprising against Saul. He always allows God to deal with Saul. God will take and do that which is necessary. David does not lead an uprising. It would be wrong if he did. And so when he comes into the place of king, he does it by righteousness. And Jesus is doing the same thing here. He's not fighting against the high priest He's not fighting against their Sanhedrin. God doesn't work that way. If you look in First Peter, First Peter 2:21, for to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow His steps. First Peter chapter two, verse 22, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. That's a quote from what we just read. Over in Isaiah 53, right? Who, verse 23, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But he committed himself to him who judges righteously. He lifted himself up to the Father. He did not revile back. He did not threaten back. He turned a few loaves of bread and fish into enough to feed a multitude. He walked on water. He calmed the storm. He raised the dead. What is Annas and Caiaphas and that whole Sanhedrin to the anointed Messiah who has the spirit without limit? But he doesn't revile. He doesn't threaten. He doesn't tell his followers, you know these priests are corrupt because they did. He could have had them overcome the priests. You see that the chief priests were afraid. He could have had an uprising right there. He doesn't do it. He respects their office their positions as elders and priests in Israel, as Israel's leaders. He lets them pass their corrupt judgment against him, and ultimately his victory will be won from his submission. Look what happens in verse 63, the second part of that. But Jesus kept silent, and the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ the son of God. That's how the high priest answers. He answers what? Jesus kept silent. He answers the silence. You know, silence sometimes, and we should remember this, is a powerful communicator to bring out of the mouth of those who are against us the overflow of their heart. The silence kills them. And the high priest has to answer the silence and say to him, I put you under oath by the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. They know the Messiah would be the Son of God. He charges Jesus solemnly as the leader, the leader of Israel, the leader of the religious system. And You think back to little Samuel, he hears the voice of God give the terrible prophecy against Eli's house, And he comes out the next morning, Eli asks him, what did the Lord tell you? And he doesn't want to tell Eli, he's afraid. And Eli charges him and he says, may all these things come upon you if you don't tell me. And then finally, little Samuel tells him exactly what the Lord says. And Eli, what is he going to do? God is going to deal with him. They are charging Jesus the same way you must speak. And now, submissiveness means he must answer. And the only way he can answer is in truth. He always speaks the truth. Jesus said to him, it is as you said. They're saying it, really, by what they're doing. That on this Passover, they are taking an innocent one and handing him over to death. Nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. The power of truth. He speaks the truth. He doesn't hide the truth. And now they can do this thing by their authority, their earthly authority. But their temple is going to be destroyed. The sons of Aaron, for almost 2,000 years, have not offered sacrifices at the temple. I believe the day is coming when they will. But the Lord, he has eternal authority He, they will see him sitting at the right hand of God and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes saying, he has spoken blasphemy. What further need do we have of witnesses? Look now, you have heard his blasphemy. What do you think? They answered and said, he is deserving of death. And they spat in his face and beat him. And others struck him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy to us, Christ, who is the one who struck you? Well, he knows. Woe to them. He does know. He bore it. Jesus took it. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He suffers the beatings from them. He suffers the beatings from Rome. He suffers the scourging. He takes the cross, the piercing, the suffering, the horrible suffering, the separation from his father, the terrible physical torment and we can only imagine what the devil was trying to do in his soul. And still he doesn't sin. Behold the Lamb of God. And by his submissiveness to the authorities of Israel, he purchases salvation to us and he receives eternal authority. All power, all authority in heaven and earth is given to him. And therefore, we can go out in his name and preach the good news. We see the pattern that Jesus sets. The next time, Lord willing, we'll look and see how his disciples in the book of Acts follow that pattern in respect for authority. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your holy word, and we thank you mostly, Father, for your Son, Christ Jesus. Lord, help us to give due respect where we should and not to have a rebellious spirit. But, Father, at the same time, help us to always speak the truth with power, to declare your righteous words, not to hold back in fear, Father. Help us, Lord, to follow the example of Messiah, to do that which is right. And, Father, we again thank you that you have provided this one to take our sins. Father, help us to be good disciples of Jesus. In his name we pray.
0: You can find maps and info about our services on our website at www.shiarjashub.org, as well as a library archive of programs that are sure to help you in your daily Bible study. Please join us next time for Shi'ar Jashub.